0: Alright, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. And uh, as you know, every Wednesday for the next, uh, I don't know, month or so, we're going to be doing our How to Be a Pro series. A lot of you have asked about this. Instructions, detailed step-by-step, what to do if you want to quit your job, be a pro better, and uh, do this for a living. Now, there's some of you who will listen to this and take bits and pieces, which is fine. That's great. You want to take a bullet point here, a little piece of advice there. That's great. But this is overwhelmingly... How to become a pro better, right? How to do this yourself professionally. Now, what we're going to get into today is sort of the harsh reality of uh, doing this professionally. We're going to talk today about how to handicap and the handicapping process. And there is some stuff that I've learned recently, even I've learned very recently that changes the way that I view handicapping and most people who do this for a living view handicapping. So let's just start off with the prevalence of of artificial neural networks. I've been talking about this for a long time and I'm not going to go too in the weeds here because I know most people, 99% of people listening aren't ever going to get into this. But this is what I do. This is how I handicap. Artificial neural networks is just a fancy way of saying uh, computer code. Okay, uh, Telling the computer to do specific things within Uh, computer code. That's all an artificial neural network is, right? It's more along the lines like building what you believe to be like mimicking a human brain. But that sounds way too complex. That's not, you know, it's it's actually a lot simpler than that. You know, you're just giving a a computer uh, instructions and the 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 benefit of using a complex math model like that is you have so much control over it, right? There's called weights. There's measures. There's certain ways to assign value to every little piece of information and data that we use to handicap. So that's the reality. And I actually learned this what last week, maybe two weekends ago, from someone who's been doing this for a long time. They've been in the industry for a long time. I really trust them and and they they were talking about how, Everyone these days has a neural network and everyone, every syndicate out there has some huge complex math model. And this actually surprised me because I thought that what I was doing, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, going back to school, learning how to build or how to write code, how to build computer models, how to build neural networks and do this a very advanced, sophisticated way. I thought I was ahead of a large portion of the sports betting public, or at least I shouldn't say public. I, w- I thought I was ahead of a large par- portion of those who make money for a living betting sports. Even when I compared myself to other syndicates, right? Groups of people who have these same skills who team up, I thought I was ahead of a lot of people. Well, that's not the case, at least according to what I heard this last uh, weekend. What I'm hearing is everyone has neural networks. And what we have to remember is sports betting is a multiplayer game. It's not us versus the sports books, it's us versus the sports books as well as everyone who has bet before us, right? If the sports books open up the line, Kansas City Chiefs minus five, and you're the third person in line at the sports book, and let's say Chiefs minus five, the first person in line goes up, makes a max limit bet on the Chiefs, and the line moves from five to six. And the second person goes up in line and goes, you know, Chiefs are minus six, but I still kind of like them, makes a max bet. And the bookmakers move the Chiefs from six to seven. Well, you're the third person in line. There's only been two people ahead of you who have bet. But now, you don't get the Chiefs minus five. You get the Chiefs, if you want them still, minus seven. Because it's not you versus the sports book. It's you versus the book and everyone who's bet before you. So, the discouraging the discouraging thing from my point of view for all this is, I thought I legitimately had a... A, a, an edge on all these other sports bettors out there who are betting into the same markets I am. Well, apparently that's not the case. Now I still love my results. I love my, 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 process. And here's a little note here, just because other people are building neural networks doesn't make them good. I bet there are thousands of privatized proprietary sports betting models out there that are being used by individuals like me or syndicates who are grouped up. That doesn't make them good. There's a lot of people trying to do these things it doesn't make it a winning system. Just because you build a model doesn't make it a winning model. This is one of the things that I had to learn initially. I thought this just because I went to school, learned how to code computers and built a model that I was like, oh great, here we go, I can win. It took a long time and a lot of losing for me to realize, oh shit, I need to actually make sure the model's good. You can't just build something pretty on the computer and hope you start winning. So even though artificial neural networks are more prevalent, there's more people using them and it does discourage me a little bit, I think that all this did was sort of fast forward a couple of years, what I thought was going to happen anyway. Now, like I said, I still see it every single day when I bet. I still see where I am compared to the market. That's the great thing. The market doesn't hide anything. If the Chiefs are minus five on one sports book and they're minus five and a half in another, and that's all the prices, that's out there for the world. Like, There's no hidden information, at least what's being offered in the sports betting world. So I can see what I think Compared to what both the bookies and other sports bettors think every day, the information's right in front of you. All you have to do is open up a sports book, look at the prices, and we can sort of reverse engineer and see how they got there. So we're going to go into how to handicap. I'm going to talk about the specifics of how you can handicap, how you can incorporate this, what you should do if you don't have access to this kind of stuff. We'll go into all that. But I wanted to start today's show with a harsh reality and this is something that I recently learned myself, but the prevalence of these very, very complex models that are used to predict games, same things that, are, that, that people are using to predict stock moves and, and things like that, right? These are very, very high level uh, computer models. People are using this. And so if you want to bet sports for a living, the the reality is you're gonna have to either learn math yourself, or most people their option is gonna be to team up with someone. But listen, if you team up with someone, you're immediately cutting your profits because you gotta share the profits. If someone's gonna build you a model, usually what the the what the deal is you pay them a little bit to build the model, and then either you're done with them, but it's their model they built. So most people, if you if if you hire someone to build a model, you can't say at the end of that, well, unless you like write it in some contract, but like you can't say, OK, thanks for the model. Here's your money. Now you can never use this. I'm the only one who can use this. Now, again, if you write up some sort of individual contract, you can do this. But most people who are building models either want to use the model they built afterwards, even if they're not a sports better. And they built something that that's, can beat the market, <laughs> which is rare. They're going to want to use that themselves. Or what the common thing is to do is offer whoever built the model for you a percentage of whatever you win in the future. So if someone built me an NFL model, I may pay them $5,000 to build a model, and then I'd pay them 5 to 10% of everything I won that year betting in the NFL, right? So that's kind of how these things go if you're going to team up with someone. But the reality is, however you go about it, you have to find a way, if you're going to do this professionally, to build one of these <laughs> complex models yourself, preferably an artificial neural network, okay? So... That's not what a lot of people want to hear. But 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 here's the thing. Most people want to tune into this podcast and, you know, me give them in a, a step-by-step, a three-step process, A, B, and C, how to become a pro. The harsh reality is sports betting is difficult. It is hard to win long-term in sports betting. And most people simply want a shortcut. Most people want to listen to a show like this and hear the magic shortcut. How do I do it? How can I quit my job that I don't like, start betting sports for a living, it's a lot harder than most of you understand. It just is. You know what it reminds me of? People who say, you know, individuals in in, in person who I have these talks with, and I say, look, man, you know, you want to build, or you know, a lot of my friends ask me this. It's like, hey, you want to compete with other people? You want to do this for a living? You have to learn math. You have to know math. And the, the most common overwhelming response or answer I get to that is, okay, well, what if I don't want to do that? How can I still win betting sports, right? <laughs> no one wants to do the work. You can't. Like, like that's the harsh reality you can't now i'm talking to those who want to quit their job and make a living doing this you have to use high level math you simply can't it's almost like someone saying yeah i want to be a brain surgeon and you talk to a brain surgeon or a doctor or whatever you know someone at the hospital and they go yeah well you know brain surgeons they're usually in school for 10 to 12 years learning practicing and then you know they have to do their residency and if you go i don't want to do that i just want to be a brain surgeon now, am I comparing sports betting to brain surgery? <laughs> uh, yes, I did another example. But the point is, here's stick with me here, because the point is kind of similar. You know, sports betting is certainly not brain surgery, and we're not going to compare it to that or rocket science or anything like that. But it is complex. It is hard to do. It is very, very difficult to beat. So if you want to win sports betting long term, make a living doing it, make 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100000 dollars a year doing this. You're going to need a high level of math. Otherwise, you're picking, you're guessing. Anyone can do well over a short amount of time, which people don't understand how long a short amount of time is in math terms. Right? When you talk about statistical significance, anyone out there, even my dog, can have a winning season. My dog, it's like Clucko the Chicken. Look at CBS Sportsline. They (laughs) They have a chicken making picks. I'm not making this up. It's called Clucko the Chicken. Okay, what you'll notice if you follow CBS Sportsline is Clucko has a bunch of like 20 and three runs. Now he's going to have a lot of three and 20 runs as well. But during those 20 and three runs, Clucko doesn't understand the difference. He's a goddamn chicken. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just walking around. But a human being goes 20 and three And suddenly they think they're a lot smarter than they really are. Not understanding that that, how math and probability and statistics works. Everyone out there is going to go 20 and 3 at some point. Everyone out there is going to have an amazing month or two months or a year betting sports. You try and replicate that every year. Do do it for a living. You're going to be... You're going to be... You're going to lose your money. You're going to be sadly... um, It's going to be a harsh reality. It's going to be a very sad reality what happens long term. Okay, so... That's how I want to start today's show. If you want to do this for a living, you're going to have to learn how to either write code and build neural networks or hire someone to do so. That's where we are with this. And if you disagree, this is how I do things. This is how I know how to win betting sports. Maybe you say, eh, fuck that, Tyler. I have a lucky quarter and I flip it every day and I've been doing this for 40 years. Fine. You know, there's a lot of people who do this differently than me, but they can do their own podcast and tell you how to win that way, right? This is how I over the last six years, have learned how to do this successfully, consistently. You know, we don't talk a lot of money on here. Um, you know, wh- wh- I want to keep some, some stuff private on here, but think about this. Doing the six years and not having another job, think about it. I mean, I have to be making a decent amount of money, right? Like, 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 I have to be doing something right, and this is a part of it. Until I grasped how important math is, I could have never gotten to this point. So, let's talk about the process. How I handicap my process... And then potentially, if you don't want to use math and understand you're not going to win, how can you improve your handicapping process? So let's start off with how I handicap. Remember, if you want to bet games VIG free, check out betteredge.com. When you do uh, sign up, put in promo code SBD. That's SBD for sports betting daily. Sign up, put that promo code in. Let's uh, put that promo code in. That's going to get you twenty free dollars. So you can start betting vig free, making more when you win, losing less when you lose, all at Better Edge. And when you do sign up, put in promo code SBD for a free twenty bucks. All right, let's get to it. So this is how I handicap now. I would say this is how I handicap. This is how lots of other syndicates handicap. This is probably the most common way for those winning in, or for those winning in sports to be currently handicapping in 2023. Because this is the reality of being a pro sports veteran in 2023. Uh, this is how most people are handicapping. So, like I said, we're we're doing it with high level models. And here's the thing: I say high level models because that's sort of what they're called in the industry, um, both the data science industry and just the sports betting industry. But it sounds a lot more complicated than it really is. All the model is, is just giving the computer instructions to do things you would do anyway. You know, it's just a process. All it's doing is going through a process on the computer. Let's give an example. Let's say your process for betting the MLB. Okay, let's talk baseball. Let's say you have four things you do, which is not enough. But let's, just for the sake of the uh, example, let's say you have four things you do every time you handicap a Major League Baseball game. You do the righty-lefty matchup, right? You see, how is this lineup against righties versus lefties? You do bullpen work, okay? So you see how healthy is the bullpen, how fresh is the bullpen, what are the arms that we're projecting to see today? You maybe do an offensive analysis last uh, 14 days, right? You go to fan grafts, you pull up the last 14 days, get on-base percentage, all that stuff, and uh, maybe your last step is you incorporate the weather, okay? So that's your four-step process for handicapping baseball. You do the righty-lefty matchup, bullpen, last 14 days of offense, weather all a computer code does is automate this process so instead of you going through your different websites and pulling up fan graphs and pulling up roto whatever it is rotowire baseballreference.com all you do is hit one button and the computer will pull this information from all these websites and come up with the numbers for you okay so computer coding is actually not nearly as complicated as you may think it's just automating a process that you would already do yourself Now, I do incorporate some math in there, right? We've got to incorporate a little bit of math. I use, actually, a very simple Pythagorean-based approach, and at the end of it, my computer spits out a line and an over-under with all of the necessary information, or I should say most of the necessary information, baked into that line, So everything that can incorporate the line from the righty-lefty matchup to the bullpen to the last 10 to 14 days of offense to the weather and everything that you use to handicap is already automatically included in the line. So you know how a lot of people say, well, I know the Brewers are minus 130, but their pitching's been bad lately. Well, that's incorporated in the line. How often do you hear this in the NFL? Well, I mean, like let's say a quarterback's out. Let's say Aaron Rodgers gets hurt for the Jets, right? And the Jets are plus four. A lot of people go, I'm not betting the Jets plus four. Well, how come? Well, Aaron Rodgers is hurt. It's like, yeah, that's incorporated in the line. That's why the Jets are plus four. Otherwise, the Jets would probably be minus three. It's so same thing here. It's like everything's already incorporated. So when I get a line, I don't go, wow, you know, the red should be minus 110, but it's raining today. I don't have well in the rain. It's like that's incorporated in the line. There isn't any adjusting you have to do afterwards for that kind of stuff. Now, just to be honest, I do... Make some very minor adjustments by hand at the end of this because it is an art, not a science. And there is stuff that can't be quantified. There are some factors in a handicap that can't be quantified, such as if a team gets a new coach. Okay, Now, obviously, we can go back in history for whatever sport we're handicapping and say, how do teams do on average when they get a new coach? But that's not a great way in terms of probability to predict what's going to happen, because there's all different examples. There's good examples, bad examples, medium examples. Things have gone great. Things have gone poorly. So you can't use history to say, how does a new coach uh, go to incorporate with this team? What you do is this is where it becomes an art, not a science. Now, I use my sociological point of view. Right now, I say, well, how, how does Deion Sanders going to Colorado affect them? Right? Is it being overdone, underdone? You know, how does Pat Fitzgerald getting fired from Northwestern affect what we're going to see on the field from this team? Right? These things matter, and you can't always quantify these factors. And again, that's one example. It can be a new coach. It can be, God forbid, any kind of death in the family or anyone on the on the team. Uh, contract negotiations. Right? What's going on in the NFL right now with running backs? That certainly has to be distracting some teams, but it distracts some teams more than others, obviously. Right? So this is where it becomes kind of a a unique thing this is why everyone out there is going to have a slightly different number because it is an art not a science but you need the science you need the math to get very close to the, what the final number should be or what you think the final number should be um so what the what does this process do that handicapping process of doing it by math doing it largely by computer getting the, the number that way and then making some small adjustments and modifications by hand what does that do this process allows pro bettors to do a few things. It allows pro betters to incorporate lots of steps in a handicapping process very quickly. so it saves time and time is time is money, right? A lot of times you don't have well, look before I did this myself and I want, and I first started getting going in sports betting, <laughs> some games would take me like an hour to handicap because I wanted to be thorough. I wanted to be you know, make sure I wasn't missing anything. But it's a time-consuming thing. Handicapping takes a while, you know. Even if you it, you have your own way, you get all your websites up, you get all your tabs up. It takes a long time to handicap. So what this does initially is it incorporates lots of complex steps steps in the handicapping process very quickly within seconds. So you're saving a lot of time. It also allows for extremely complex handicapping where all aspects are being are being very detailed and very strictly weighted and accounted for and like an example is if you use the last 14 days of hitting yeah you can get on the fan graphs, say okay last 14 days what's their average what's their on-base percentage slugging what's their even like advanced stats what's their wopa what's their b-a-b-i-p right balls uh, uh uh balls average or batting average for balls in play right you can look at their strikeout percentage or their iso you can do anything but what a computer model gives you the freedom to do and the ability to do is, you don't just look at the last 14 days, you can now go in detail game by game, adjust for opponent, adjust for who was pitching against them, adjust for weather, adjust for travel. You don't get any of that just looking at the stats. So these models allow for very complex handicapping that you could never get just looking at a computer. So that's that's the other thing is it does it quickly, but it also allows you to do things so much more You know, careful and precise. And it's like if you want to incorporate last year's stats, that's what we see in the Premier League, right? Is they're incorporating last year's stats way too heavily, in my opinion. But that can be tweaked, that can be adjusted. Do we incorporate last week's or last year's stats 20% or 22% or 19%? into this year's stats right it's a very very minute thing and the great thing about neural networks is they adjust the weights for you i don't have to go into every little thing they the computer it's kind of cool what computers can do these days they tell you what they think about what you know and so yeah this handicapping process for professionals allows for you know very quick handicapping but also very complex handicapping which in the end is going to give you a more precise number uh, this also uh, allows uh, professionals to save money, right? They're only not only saving time, they're saving money because they don't have to pay to use any public information, right? All these public websites who offer either picks or ways to come up with your own good picks, pros don't use that because two reasons. One, they save money and have to pay for it. But the more important reason is they have their own proprietary model. If something's out there in the public and it works, we've talked about this before, it's not going to last very long. The public doesn't, or the public, the, the sports betting market doesn't have an ego. If there's something out there that you have to pay 20 bucks a month to use, or 200 bucks a month to use, and it's working, it's not going to be effective very long, because everyone's going to catch on and start using that system. So most people out there like me have our own systems. We don't have to pay to use anything else, and everything's proprietary. And the last thing that this handicapping process does is gives us a good, solid, reliable money line in total. So that, that that honestly just makes it, in the end, easier to make bets because we know, based on a very complex model, the Braves should be minus 124 and their opponent should be plus 124. Well, that's very simple. At the end of the day, all said and done, if the Braves are minus 115, we make that bet. There is no mulling or decision-making at that point in the process. All the decision-making and complex stuff comes making your own number. Once we have our numbers, we make bets immediately because everything's done. We've got our numbers and we see where we find value. So that's my handicapping process. That's how I do things. That's how a lot of other professionals do things. That's simply uh, what is repeated over and over to win betting sports. Now let's get back to the artificial neural networks because, again, this is the reality. You know, most people who, I would assume most people who either reached out over email or Twitter or, you know, left like a... reviews about the show on apple or whatever i'm assuming most people who said hey tyler can you teach us how to be pros more weren't assuming that they would have to learn how to write code and build models and build neural networks okay but this is uh, again this is sort of new for me i learned this a couple weeks ago but this is the sad reality or harsh reality i should say it's not sad it's just harsh because you know don't feel bad for yourself anyone can learn this stuff it's just difficult. But if you want to win and you want to actually, in 2023, quit your job and do this for a living, you're not going to win long-term doing it other ways. right? You you can't handicap like it's 1995 anymore. Hell, I don't even want to say 1995. You can't handicap like it's 2015 anymore. You can't pull up five different tabs, look at all these different... ESPN stats and Fangraph stats and roto world stats and baseball reference stats and and do your thing where you look at you know righty lefty matchup and the weather. that doesn't work anymore. That's how that worked eight years ago. That worked 10, 15, 20 years ago. It doesn't work anymore because everyone in this industry is getting sharper and smarter and better at what they do. And as we said earlier, repeating this, sports betting is a multiplayer game. You can't compete with the best in the world just looking at ESPN. You've got to do things more math-based, in my opinion. That's how I've found success, and that's how I'm going to tell people to find their own success. So, having said all that, because you probably didn't get a lot in there that you can do, right? Having said all that, I'm sorry if I demoralized you. I'm sorry if that's not what you wanted to hear, but that's the reality of what I believe in sports betting. However... I do have some recommendations if you want to improve your handicapping without using any of that stuff. Okay. So how can you improve your handicapping without using any of those models or math? So first of all, let's talk about what not to do, because I would assume of everyone listening, what 98% of people listening to this show right now, handicap this way, which you should not do. Most people do this. They decide who they want to bet on first and they work backwards. Okay. If you hear right now, I don't know, hypothetical, Broncos minus two against the Washington uh, Commanders in the NFL, most people just decide right there, oh, Broncos minus two, I'll take that. Or, oh, Commanders plus two, I'll take that. And they work backwards. Um, I know this because I talk to people, I have friends, I, you know, I, I, this is just how people handicap. I do another show called College Football Tailgate, getting really excited for that, we're about to start recording every week again for College football season. But my partner on that show, his name is Will, Probably the most diehard college football fan I've ever met. He knows most players on most teams. He knows so much about the sport. I mean, this dude, if he went on Jeopardy for college football, would dominate. However, he does the same thing that everyone else does when he hears a line. I say, oh yeah, Georgia's whatever. This against them. Ah, oh, take them all day. Ah, oh, take them up to fourteen. Ah, oh, <laughs> right. That's what a lot of people do, and it's like, and then they work backwards, right? So if you if you decide you want to bet on Georgia, despite the number. And you start looking at stats, and you say, boy, Georgia, they're playing whoever it is. You know, Missouri, and Georgia's minus 22 and a half. Oh, Georgia, 22 and a half. But you look at all these stats, and, and you see a bunch of good stats for Missouri, you may just ignore those. You may say, well, yeah, Missouri's good stats, but it's Georgia, right? But if you find stats that back up Georgia, well, now those stats are valid, and you use those. So my point is, most people just decide who they're going to bet on, and if they happen to do some handicapping afterwards, all they do is try and reconfirm their initial point of view. Oh, I wanted to bet on them. They're always going to bet on that team. They just want to back it up themselves or make themselves feel better by trying to find some stats. So don't work backwards. It's much better to actually not know the teams you're betting on, right? To handicap blind, which is part of what I would recommend, but we'll get there in a second. So what do you want to do? If you're going to come up with a good handicapping process yourself without using neural networks, the first thing that I would do after we just talked about what not to do, work backwards, the first thing you should do is to come up with a good process yourself that you believe in. Now, my example earlier was very uh, vanilla and not complex enough at all. But the example was, if you're going to handicap baseball and you have four steps, you go first, righty-lefty matchup, step number two, bullpen, step number three, offense over the last 14 days, right? Hitting over the last 14 days. And then step four, weather. Again, that's an overly simplified process. But if that is your process, come up with a good one and repeat that every single game. Don't take any shortcuts. Even if it takes a long time, right? And even if there's a full slate of games and every team in the league is in action, you have to do that the whole process every time you bet. You can't get lazy. You can't say, ah, well, I knew I wanted to bet this. Or, oh, that line looks good off the bat. You have to do this every single time. So come up with your own process and, and make it repeat that process every time. Um, next, what you're going to want to do, kind of back to the blind handicapping thing, is try and hide the team names. How often have you seen like the blind resume uh, resume on like ESPN and stuff? I think it's fun to do that stuff. It's a really interesting exercise because most people, you know, most fans of sports, which I think all of you are for the sports you bet, they do a couple things. They overestimate how good the good teams are, and they underestimate how bad the bad teams are, or good players or bad players. So if you're a real diehard fan of a team, you know, y- y- you may be blinded. Despite what the line is, just based on who the team is, right? So if you're an, if you like to bet the SEC, you know, in our example, Georgia, Missouri, let's use that, okay? Most people would bet Georgia if they were minus 14 or minus 17 or minus 20 or minus 23 because it's Georgia, very, very elite team, maybe the best team in the country against Missouri, very average team. So most people make up their minds based on the teams they're handicapping. And this blinds people. This allows people to be very biased and very, you know, they can't see things clearly when they're handicapping because you're looking at the teams. And I, will, I know this because I do this or I did this. Like, if you're a human being betting sports, you're going to run into this problem because human beings are biased. So it's really important to try your best to handicap blind. Okay, what that means is try and hide the team names. Try and hide the player names. If you can, I know it's easier said than done, but if you can handicap without knowing what teams are, what you're going to find is you're going to bet on a lot more underdogs because you're naturally, your bias is juicing up these favorites just because you see good team versus bad team that's going to affect the way you handicap. So yes, the first thing you're going to do if you're not going to use math improving your handicap is to come up with a good process. But the second thing is to try and... Do that without knowing the teams or players that you're handicapping. Now you, say, you you might say, "How the hell am I supposed to do that?" Well, a lot of these players and, and and teams they just come down to numbers. Like when you think about Aaron Rodgers, you know some people have his opinions on the Iowa or have their opinions on the ayahuasca, and they like Aaron Rodgers or they don't like Aaron Rodgers. And oh, would well, you see what he said about his brother? And he's an asshole or he's this great guy. Whatever that impacts the way they handicap the Jets. It's inevitable, okay? But Aaron Rodgers, at the end of the day. Just like every other player in every other sport, you can boil down to his numbers and his stats and his series of repetition on the football field every time he goes out there. That's what I care about. I don't care about personal stuff or who the team is or who the road team is or what the way. All I care about is what do they do when they go out on the field? How can they how do they perform and what can we use in their past performances to try and come up with to predict future performances within the data within the data? within the numbers. So that's why it's important to hide team names. You don't get biased or thrown off by Aaron Rodgers or any other team or player because you're just looking at the numbers. You're just looking at the stats. So I think that's so important. And the last thing is, for your own process, again, working trying to get rid of this habit of working backwards, what you're going to want to do is come up with, come up with the lines for each game before you look at your sports book. Most people right now open up the sports book look at the lines, and then go from there. What you should do if you want to start having more success sports betting is find a way to come up with your own line for every game, and once you have all your lines and over-unders, then open up your sports book and see where you agree or disagree. This is a great exercise, and what you're going to learn is you're going to be far off from these numbers at the beginning, but the more math you incorporate and the better you get, the closer you get to the numbers. Right now, when I handicap an entire Saturday of college football, I bet 70%, 7 out of 10 games fall right on my number. That's what you want. You want your system to follow the, the the market overwhelmingly so you know it's not too far off. And there, therefore, you can trust your numbers when you have a, a good play or a positive EV play. You can trust what you have. So if you want to improve your handicapping without using math, three things you should do. Number one, come up with a good process, right? And repeat that process every single game. No shortcuts. Number two, try and hide the team names or hide the player names and get rid of that bias. And number three... Come up with lines for each game before you pull up your sports book and look at the lines. Now, having said all of this, okay, the overall thing you should take away from today's show is if you want to quit your job and do this for a living, you have to have some sort of high-level math and high-level computer coding, preferably artificial neural networks that you're using in your handicapping. Okay, that's what you should take away. If you just want to improve your handicap with with the process we mentioned at the end of the show... Overall, I think that process of, you know, coming up with your own process, try and hide the team names, do the lines for you, you know, look at your book. I think that might help you improve your handicapping, maybe 1%. Okay, maybe for those who really listen, have a good feel for math, maybe like my real sophisticated listeners can improve their handicapping process by 2%. Probably not 2%, but maybe that's the ceiling. Now, unfortunately, that's not going to be good enough because as we've talked about before, the public... In a public better needs to overcome a two and a half percent house edge. And we'll probably closer to two point four percent, but just to make things easier, you have to overcome a a roughly two and a half percent house edge. So just by incorporating these steps, that's not gonna get you there. You can't just start winning incorporating these steps. The goal of today's show was A, to tell people how to handicap, you know, if you want to do this professionally, but B to let you know how to improve your handicapping incrementally just a little bit and get better here and there that's what today's show is all about but overwhelmingly if you want to do this for a living you want to compete with other people who are doing this for a living you have to have high level math so all right does for today's show appreciate you listening good luck with whatever you have going on today or tonight we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on sports betting daily